This is the Jesus Only Speaks the Truth podcast. My name is Dennis McGee Jr. Today is Thursday, December the 2nd, 2021. It is just after 11 o'clock in the evening here in the Philadelphia, Pennsylvania area. Uh, First things first, uh, thank you for listening. Uh, Tonight's message is entitled, The Holy Names of Jesus and Mary. The Holy Names of Jesus and Mary. The month of December. So each each month in the church, uh, January, February, March, etc., every month has something special dedicated. The church dedicates something special to each month of the calendar year. So the month of December, I'm asking you this question. Do you know how to look it up? So don't feel bad if you don't know. What is the month of December dedicated to in the Catholic Church? The month of December is dedicated to the Immaculate Conception. The Immaculate Conception. That is what the entire month is dedicated to. Of course, we celebrate the Feast of the Immaculate Conception uh, next week on Wednesday, December the 8th. That is the when we celebrate the Blessed Mother Mary being immaculate, immaculately conceived. God protected her to allow her to be immaculately conceived so that when she would say yes to bear the Savior, Jesus Christ, uh, she would be a vessel that was never touched by sin. And that's very important to remember. So we celebrate the Immaculate Conception on December the 8th. Of course, the birth of our Blessed Mother, we therefore celebrate on September the 8th. I want to make mention that one intention that I would love, uh, if you're, if it's pot, well, uh, please pray for the intention of this intention. Ready? Please pray for the end of abortion in America. Please pray for the end of abortion in America. Uh, I know that we have some folks that listen in America. We have some folks that listen in uh, India and Pakistan and the Philippines and some other countries. Uh, the reason I, I'm, I'm putting the emphasis on ending abortion in America is because uh, yesterday the United States Supreme Court heard our arguments for almost two hours on what is called the Dobbs versus Jackson case. And without getting overly specific, there's no need to get overly specific right now. Uh, we're praying that, oh, well, it's, it's very possible. It's very possible that the 1973 decision, Supreme Court decision, Roe versus Wade could potentially be overturned. Uh, Roe versus Roe versus Wade is federalized, allow the, the the federal government to uh, allow abortions. As you know, nowhere in the Constitution does it state that abortion is is a right, or is it even mentioned. Uh, therefore, the the Tenth Amendment really would take precedent, which states, basically, I'm, I'm summarizing, but if, if something's not in the Constitution explicitly, uh, the people, the states decide. Uh, so, in other words, we're praying for the end of abortion. And that is, that has to be our prayer. That was, that was uh, we were in a prayer group last night, and I felt Jesus and Mary strongly urging me to bring forth this intention. Relevant Radio has been praying for this intention uh, about 40 minutes after the hour, every hour for years now. Uh, we pray the memorari on Relevant Radio. Uh, I'm not a member of Relevant Radio. I'm saying we, we, as a listener, I pray it with them. 
we pray the memorari for the protection of human life from the moment of conception to the point of natural death. We pray the memorari for the ending of abortion in America. So with regards to uh, Roe versus Wade, if it is overturned, which you won't find out till June of 2022, the, each state will decide how it wants to handle its abortion laws. And I heard someone make this comment, this question, and I thought it was just very appropriate, and I'll, I'll, I'll close my case with this on this. How do we, as the United States, how do we handle our, our murder laws? Because that's what abortion is. It's, it's murder. It's a taking of a life. It's a direct killing of a life. So how do we handle our murder laws? Well, it's just, they're decided by each state. It's not, a, it's not mandated from the federal government. Um, so I'm hopeful that that's what's going to happen. Uh, it, with the over, if, if Roe v. Wade is overturned, it, it won't, won't mean that abortion is ended in America. It'll mean each state will decide. And I'm in the state of Pennsylvania. Hopefully our state uh, will be a pro-life state. I'm hopeful that it would be. Uh, presuming we get the right governor uh, in place this upcoming election. And this, of course, is very close uh, to our family. My, my wife, when she ran for state representative, uh, the number one thing she was running for was to, to help pass this heartbeat bill in Pennsylvania, which states once a heartbeat is detected, no abortion. So we pray that ultimately that abortion would end in America. As for tonight's message, the holy names of Jesus and Mary, the holy names of Jesus and Mary. And to go back, and I always say, you know, what does Jesus say about the holy names of Jesus and Mary? Whenever there's any subject, whether it be abortion, whether it be whatever, what does Jesus say about it? Now, just to kind of put a, I guess you'd say an exclamation point on this abortion issue. Remember what Jesus does say. Uh, first of all, Jesus says, whatever you do for the least of these, you do for me. So clearly the least is the unborn. So we, we, for, for us to allow, uh, I should actually rephrase my, my statement. We therefore must not allow the direct killing of unborn children in our country. The Bible is clear about how the shedding of innocent blood is an abomination before Almighty God. And then, of course, if there's if a specific issue has not been mentioned uh, in the words of Jesus in the Bible, uh, well, for, well I've, obviously, the, one of the commandments is you shall not kill. So that that's, was addressed by God the Father uh, when he handed us the Ten Commandments. We also look to the church that Jesus founded. Uh, remember, in the, where I talk about it often, in the Gospel of St. Matthew, where Jesus founds a church upon St. Peter, and he gives the church the authority to guide us in all things. It's, it's, Jesus is giving authority to the church. What church did Jesus found 2,000 years ago? Empirically speaking, it is the Catholic Church. What does the Catholic Church say on the issue of abortion? Uh, the Catholic Church declares it's, it's, it is... A grave sin. It is. It's murder. That's my point. Very simply, is we always ask, "What does Jesus say about a certain subject?" So, what does Jesus say about abortion? If Jesus did not address it directly, which indirectly he did, it's direct. If we look to the church for that guidance, 
What does Jesus say about the holy names of Jesus and Mary? Well, Jesus himself at the Last Supper, and in our men's group right now, we're, we're discussing the Gospel of St. John. And in our men's group, we were talking about the Last Supper. You know, the Last Supper, it's interesting because when we look at this, when we look at each, each Gospel, the Gospel of St. Matthew, St. Mark, and St. Luke, and St. John, the Gospels of St. Matthew and St. Luke are very similar, very similar in nature. St. Mark uh, is also has some similarities in the idea that it's the, I would, I would say, we, you know, we, if, you're, if you've never read a book of the Gospel, a great book to start with is the Gospel of St. Mark. And you will get an idea about the life of Jesus. You'll hear about this action-packed life, him working miracles, the crowds following. And ultimately his death and resurrection. You'll hear about his teachings, of course. The Gospel of St. John is very different. The Gospel of St. John, first of all, St. John, of course, was there, as was St. Matthew. It's why we believe that St. Peter dictated the Gospel of to St. Mark, to St. Mark, and he recorded it, which was actually, most scholars believe, it's the first, if not the second book written. St. John's is the last book written. Now, he was there. Why is it so different? It's so different because when you read the Gospel of St. Mark, you read about Jesus. When you read the Gospel of St. John, you really get to know Jesus. You get to know his thoughts. You get to know how he spoke. You get to know uh, the rhythm of his language. You really feel like you were there. And I always say, and I don't think it was technically done this way, but perhaps through the guidance of the Holy Spirit. It's as if St. John looked at the preceding three Gospels and said, what else needs to be included? And then he wrote his book. Because the Gospel of St. John includes different things. It includes a lot. Of, you get an idea of the reality of the Holy Trinity. You understand the Eucharist. You, the, the reality that, that we are receiving. The actual body, blood, soul, and divinity of Jesus Christ at Mass. You, get the, you, you understand that Jesus addressed himself and called himself God. You understand Jesus in a different way. And I'm going to go right to the Last Supper. Why the Last Supper? Because in all of all, the whole Bible, one of, if not my very favorite part of the Bible, and I do love, I love the whole thing. There's many parts of the Bible I love. One of my favorite parts is the Gospel of St. John in the Last Supper Discourses. It's about five chapters. This is when Jesus is about to go to death. He is giving his last teaching as before he goes to the crucifixion and resurrection of the dead and everything's going to change. And you sense this urgency that Jesus is teaching with, that he wants to get everything out that's so incredibly important. And I always say, you know what's very interesting? At the Last Supper, during this multi-hour period, I would imagine, of the teaching, and obviously the, the meal itself, but the, the, you know, the afterwards at the teaching, where Jesus is instructing, Five times at the Last Supper, Jesus says something to the effect of, ask and you shall receive. Ask and you shall receive. It is abundantly clear that Jesus wants to make that known to us. He wants to put the emphasis on. Now that request must be in accordance with God's will. No question about it. There's no question about it. We, I mentioned this on a previous podcast recently. We have a priest named Father Jacob John that said, when you ask for something for Jesus, you, you may get it. 
you may get something more. That happens too. You may get something different. But in the words of Father Jacob John, he said, Jesus will never, ever, ever let you walk away empty-handed. It's very important to remember that. And at the Last Supper, Jesus is putting this focus on this reality that our joy can be complete. Don't be afraid to ask Him for things. And to focus on the strength, the power, the holy name of Jesus. As we look to the gospel, the first time of the first of the five times, Jesus says something to this effect of, ask you shall receive at the Last Supper. The first time Jesus says it is in the gospel of St. John 14, 14. Jesus says, if you ask anything of me in my name, I will do it. Amen. In his name, there is power. There is such power in the holy name of Jesus. We look to the Gospel of St. John. In that same supper, chapter 15, verse 16, Jesus says, It was not you who chose me, but I who chose you and appointed you to go and bear fruit that will remain so that whatever you ask the Father in my name, he may give you. Amen. That is the strength. Jesus is putting this emphasis on his holy name. Now about, I'm thinking about maybe about three or four months ago, my wife and I opened up a Bible that belonged to her grandparents. And when we opened it up, a piece of paper fell out. And on this piece of paper, it reads, Mary, the power of her name by St. Alphonsus. Now, St. Alphonsus is the founder of the order of the most holy redeemer, the congregation of the most holy redeemer. He also was known for having a great devotion to the sacred heart of Jesus. And I'm going to take, I'm going to take a few minutes here and I'm going to read this paper that he wrote and it is well worth it. It is by St. Alphonsus. It is entitled, The Power, it is titled, Mary, The Power of Her Name. Now, at a few times, I will uh, interject to add some important commentary related to the subject. But at this point, allow me to begin. St. Alphonsus writes the words of Richard St. Lawrence, who states, There is not such a powerful help in any name, nor is there any other name given to men after that of Jesus, from which so much salvation is poured forth upon men as from the name of Mary. He continues that the devout invocation of this sweet and holy name leads to the acquisition of superabundant graces in this life and a very high degree of glory in the next. The abbot speaking on this subject, there is no other name after that of the sun in heaven or on earth. When pious minds derive so much grace, hope and sweetness after the most sacred name of Jesus, the name of Mary is so rich in every good thing that on earth and in heaven, there is no other from which devout souls receive so much grace, hope and sweetness. Hence, Richard St. Lawrence encourages sinners to, 
have recourse to this great name because it alone will su suffice to cure them of all their evils. And there is no disorder, however malignant, that does not immediately yield to the power of the name of Mary. The blessed Raymond Giordano says that it, however hardened and diffident a heart may be, the name of this most blessed virgin has such efficacy that it is only that if it is only pronounced, that heart will be wonderfully softened. Moreover, it is well known and it is daily experienced by the clients of Mary that our powerful name gives the particular strength necessary to overcome temptations against purity. Thy name, O Mother of God, is filled with divine graces and blessings. As St. Methodius says, so much so that St. Bonaventure declares that thy name, O Mary, cannot be pronounced without bringing some grace to him who does so devoutly. Grant, O Lady, that we may often remember to name thee with love and confidence. For this practice either shows the possession of divine grace or else is a pledge that we shall soon recover it. On the other hand, Thomas Akempis affirms that the devils fear the queen of heaven to such a degree that only on hearing her great name pronounced, they fly from him who does so as from a burning fire. The Blessed Virgin Mary revealed to St. Bridget of Sweden that there is not on earth a sinner, however devoid he may be of the love of God, from whom the devil is not obliged immediately to fly if he invokes her holy name with a determination to repent. On another occasion, she repeated the same thing to that saint saying that all the devils venerate and fear her name to such a degree that on hearing it, they immediately loosen the claws with which they hold the soul captive. O blessed lady, our blessed lady also told St. Bridget that in the same way, as the rebel angels fly from sinners who invoke the name of Mary, so also do the good angels approach near to just souls who pronounce her name with devotion. Then it goes on to read the promises, consoling indeed of the promises of help made by Jesus Christ to those who have devotion to the name of Mary. For one day in the hearing of St. Bridget, Jesus promised his most Holy Mother, that he would grant three special graces to those who invoke that holy name with confidence. First, that Jesus would grant them perfect sorrow for their sins. Secondly, that their crimes should be atoned for. And thirdly, that he would give them strength to attain perfection. And at length, the glory of paradise. And then our divine Savior added, For thy words, O oh my Mother, are so sweet and agreeable to me that I cannot deny what thou asks. St. Ephraim goes so far as to say that the name of Mary is the key of the gates of heaven in the hands of those who devoutly invoke it. And thus it is not without reason that St. Bonaventure says that Mary is the salvation of all who call upon her. O most sweet name, O Mary, what must thou thyself be? Since thy name alone is thus amiable and gracious, exclaims, Blessed Henry Suso. Let us therefore always take advantage of the beautiful advice given us by St. Bernard in these words, in dangers, in perplexities, in doubtful cases. Think of Mary. Call on Mary. Let her not leave thy lips 
let her not depart from thy heart. Amen. Let me take a pause right there for just a brief moment. I was talking about the miraculous medal uh, recently. Actually, I did a podcast on it uh, way back in May, and I ended up uh, reproducing the podcast out this past week. But the point I'm making is that, well, 100, let me phrase it in form of a question. This past Saturday was November 27th. Uh, I already gave you the answer. There's no point in asking the question. 191 years ago, uh, this past Saturday, our Blessed Mother gave the miraculous medal to St. Catherine Labore to give to the whole world. Our Blessed Mother Mary made so many promises. If you would wear this medal around your neck and you would have devotion to her, calling upon her by name, praying the prayer that's on it, which is this, O Mary conceived without sin, pray for us who have recourse to thee. Amen. Our Blessed Mother promised to obtain many graces, many blessings for our bodies and souls. We hear Jesus saying, he always hears his mother. Why wouldn't he? I always think back to the very first miracle worked in by Jesus Christ. The very first miracle. Remember what it was? Wedding feast at Cana, right? Jesus is there. They run out of wine. Our blessed mother Mary goes, approaches Jesus and tells him they ran out of wine. And what does Jesus say? Does Jesus say, no problem. It's done. No, he looks at Mary and he says, he says, woman, my time, my hour is not yet come. Then there's no other words exchanged. I always say, I think Mary must have given a look of compassion, a look of love. And I can imagine Jesus accepting that look of love because the next thing Jesus does is say, he looks at the servants and he says, fill these jars with water. Fill these jars with water. They come back. Jesus blesses the water becoming wine and the first miracles worked. What is my point? My point. My point. Now remember, this is God's book. I wrote this in my book. Jesus only speaks the truth. This is, the Bible is God's book. That's the way God wanted the story told in his providence. Why? Why? I believe to show the power, the influence of our Blessed Mother Mary. How much Jesus responds to her and how she has our back and how Jesus has our back, right? Jesus wants us to see that. And in his kindness, Jesus allows his blessed mother to be exalted in this, in this great way, in his first miracle. How beautiful is that? If you don't have a miraculous medal, I, I urge you to get one. Catholic store, order it online, get one. Uh, if you can have a priest bless it, do that. It may come blessed. Find out if it does. If not, if if not, you can bless it yourself as a as a uh, baptized Catholic. You can do that. It's in the Catechism. I think it's Catechism sixteen sixty nine. It's on the DivineMercy.org. You can make the blessing over the miraculous medal by simply saying, "Lord Jesus, humbly I seek your holy blessing upon this miraculous medal." In the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, Amen. We have every reason to believe Jesus would hear and answer that. So now you have a blessed, miraculous medal. You're praying the prayer on it. And what we're doing is, it's as simple as this. 
We're being obedient to what Jesus and Mary are saying. That's it. She said, where, Blessed Mother Mary said, where the metal ran your neck, pray the prayer that's on it. O Mary, conceive without sin. Pray for us who have recourse to thee. And she will obtain from Almighty God many blessings for our bodies and souls. I started wearing this miraculous medal just over two years ago. I don't know why it took me so much time, but I, I do wear it. I, I promote the devotion, and it was such a wise investment uh, of, of my devotional time. When I'm driving in the car sometimes, that's one of the prayers I'll pray. I'll make the sign of the cross. I'll say it out loud too. O Mary conceived without sin, pray for us who have recourse to thee. I'll say it while I'm driving in a, in a period you know, where it's, where it's uh, not a stressful situation. And I can tell you that our Blessed Mother Mary always helps us. Always. She does not ignore us, and she always helps us. Jesus does not ignore us. He always helps us. What does the church say about honoring the holy name of Mary? So I just went to Scripture. What would Jesus say about honoring the holy name of Mary? Well, his first miracle was worked by the invocation of his, our Blessed Mother Mary. We have, that, we have that answer right there. If we're willing to be objective and open our minds and look at that. Simply put, what does the church say? The, the church that Jesus founded. What does the church say about honoring the holy name of Mary? The church declares it's a holy and righteous thing. Very powerful. You're hearing it right here. This book, this paper, this written by St. Alphonsus. All these saints, all these saints are saying how much great benefit, how many great graces they've received by invoking the holy name of Mary. If you don't have a miraculous medal, you can still invoke the holy name of Mary. I'm just giving you one more great tool to, to achieve victory and happiness. And I can just tell you that, uh, again, our Blessed Mother Mary and Jesus always help us. Always. So important to call upon their names. And when I say call upon their names, I don't necessarily mean, I don't mean screaming, but I mean out loud. If you can do it out loud, it's very powerful because there are things in this world that when they hear these holy names, as we're reading these things, what I'm saying is these spiritual enemies must flee. That's one of the great, and then the good angels, as we're hearing, are going to come to our rescue, come and give us aid and assistance. Allow me to continue from the paper here from St. Alphonsus. The names of Jesus and Mary in every danger of forfeiting divine grace, we should think of Mary and invoke her name together with that of Jesus. For these two names always go together. Oh, then, never let us permit these two most sweet names to leave our hearts. Or be off our lips, for they will give us strength not only to yield, but to conquer all our temptations. The invocation of the sacred names of Jesus and Mary, says Thomas Akempis, is a quick and powerful prayer. It's as sweet to the mind and powerful to protect those who use it against their enemies of their salvation as it is easy to remember. Amen. I'm looking right now at a book that was written by uh, Father Lorenzo Salas. It's called Jesus Appeals to the World. It is 
I believe he was the spiritual director for Sister Consolata. Sister Consolata, uh, the devotion, Jesus appeared to Sister Consolata in the 1930s. These are not well-known devotions, yet they are fully approved by the Catholic Church. The principal part of these apparitions is Jesus appearing to Sister Consolata multiple times, multiple, multiple times, many times. And the principal part of this devotion is the prayer that you've probably heard. Jesus taught this prayer, and it is as follows. Jesus, Mary, I love you. Save souls. You can say that one time, two times, ten times, hundred times, but say it from your heart. And if you can say it out loud, it's always wise. What is the value of this prayer? So Jesus is, what does Jesus say about invoking these holy names of his own name and the Blessed Mother Mary? Jesus said this. He said it is such a beautiful prayer. Jesus said also that this one prayer, said once from the heart, Jesus called it an act of love. He said he will save a soul every time it's said. Every time you say that prayer, every time I say that prayer, Jesus is saving one soul. He said it, it, it is, a, uh, if you will, a holistic prayer. It takes care of all of our needs. It takes care of uh, the souls in purgatory. It takes care of atheists. It takes care of unrepentant sinners. It takes care of repentant sinners. You name the, it takes care of the militant church. You name the person, this prayer takes care of them. In addition to saving a soul, Jesus, who called this prayer, Jesus, Mary, I love you, save souls. Jesus called this prayer an act of love, and he also said this. Every time it's said, it repairs 1,000 blasphemies. In the Golden Hour devotion where Jesus appears and he gives his holy face to Sister Mary of St. Peter in the 1840s, Jesus talked about how wicked this crime of blasphemy is. And Jesus here is saying, by saying this prayer, this prayer will repair a thousand blasphemies. In that same devotion, the Holy Face devotion, Jesus talked about the sacred heart of Jesus and the immaculate heart of Mary. And Jesus said, never separate these two hearts. Jesus taught this prayer, Jesus, Mary, I love you, save souls. I urge you to say it when you can. Take Jesus at his word. And it's another prayer that when I say, I'm telling you, I feel such an abundance of graces and blessings, happiness being poured forth upon me. And I'm sure you will too. Blessed be the holy names of Jesus and Mary. My name is Dennis McGee Jr. This is the Jesus Only Speaks the Truth podcast.